You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast. Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game. Hello, you are listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast with me, your host, Hamish Carton. It was a real disappointing night for Celtic last night in Europe. The hoops look like they are not going to make the last 32 of the Europa League. That is courtesy of a 2-1 defeat to Norwegian champions Molde. The result, that ironically, that puts Norwegian manager Ronnie Dyla in a precarious position at Celtic Park in terms of his job status. We'll be looking at what went wrong for Celtic last night and also what's going on for them this season, especially in Europe, and um, how they go from here, where they go from here, and whether that includes sacking and then appointing a new manager. We'll also, of course, be looking ahead to all the SPFL action this weekend. As always, lots of good football to look forward to. We'll be previewing all the big games Hopefully as well, hearing from the the recently left St Mirren assistant manager Mark Spaulding um, speaking about his time at St Mirren this season and um, and giving his thoughts on where his club need to go from here, his former club. So St Mirren fans, look out for that. Uh, to help me do all that today, we have a, a very nice panel. We've got Lewis Kemp, Callum Scott, Connor Park and hopefully, if he ever makes it, Matt Finlay as well. Guys, how are you? how are you doing? Great. Great. Good, mate. Thanks. How about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. A uh, bit of a, a busy week, but um, yeah. that's just another week in Scottish football. <laughs> I want an opinion first. Are we going to talk much about the whole Rangers EBT stuff today? Because I feel like it's been covered quite well. I don't know. The Rangers fans, I don't know. Callum isn't with us for for reasons today. Um, not that we agree with the reasons, but he's not <laughs> here. But uh, we don't know whether... He would he want us? I think we're going to stick to the, the football on the pitch. Aye, that seemed like a good thing to do. Than, like you say, it's been pretty well covered anyway. Too, in the media, none of us are, are financial experts here. None of us are really football experts either, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but anyway, let's crack on because it is, of course, going to be a really busy podcast. Um, Lewis, I'll come to you first. Last night, a defeat for Celtic, two one to Molda, and it was all too common for Celtic. It was all too easy for Molda, and. Um, is is Ronnie Dyla the right man to lead your club forward now? Um, I, I mean, this is it's not really kind of you're watching the game and like I just felt it, it was almost like the result was expected in a way. Um, I don't know. There was there was a little desire in the team, you know, out with Tierney. I thought every every player in the park was below par. Um, Defence was a shambles. Um, the first goal in, in particular. Um, I mean, she never been given that much time in the ball. Um, but just every time Mould attacked, they looked like they were going to score. Um, I thought it was just it was a thoroughly depressing night all round. Um, in regards to Ronnie Dyla, you know, I've 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 been uh, I, I think I've been pretty strong in my opinion and feeling that the problems with Celtic are more to do at board level than they are to do with you know the management team and stuff. But um, I mean, there's no excuse from last night, and the fact is, in Europe, his record is appalling. It really is. 
Yeah, I know Martin Ty, who can't join us here today, wants me to put in my boots worth in terms of uh, how he feels about the whole Ronnie Dyler um, position at Celtic. He feels that it is more down to the manager, Callum. Is that something you go along with? Um, it's just, you, you you don't know with things like that, you know I mean? Dyla said himself, judge me in Europe, and as Lewis has rightly touched upon, his record in Europe's abysmal, it's a disgrace, it's a shocking record for a Celtic manager, um, but I, t- I just don't know if it's down to Dyla or not, I, I personally do like him, I think he's a good manager, but I just don't know if it's down to him or the players, but it's him that puts the team out in the park and his signing policy has been questioned in terms of his defence. I've seen an article today actually he was saying that the Celtic defence lacks leadership, which I think we would all agree with there. Um, and I think that's a big thing for Celtic. I think it's our defence that is the main issue. And as Dyla said earlier in the article I read in the BBC that it lacks a leader. So I just don't know where Celtic go for here, to be honest, Amish. Yep, delighted to say that Matthew Finlay has finally made it, Matt. Uh, you didn't miss much, you've missed five minutes or so. That's What's your excuse? Thanks. Why are you late? Oh, bad traffic, you know, on the road. Ah. You know, I live five minutes away. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm putting you straight on the spot. What did you make of um, of Celtic's defeat last night? Would you would you keep Ronnie Dyla if you were the if you were Peter Lowell? Um I don't think so. I think his European record speaks for itself. Um I've said it before um, a few weeks ago that if he didn't get anything out of the Molder games, he'd be, for me, he should be finished. Um, uh, gathering what I've spoken to with Lewis about it before, about how it comes from just not just the, the changing room, and the, it comes really from the boardroom at Celtic. Um, they need to really look at changing something there. Something really needs to be done. But in my opinion, I think Dialis' time is up. Um, it's getting the results in the league, but end of the day, Celtic need Celtic need European football, and they're not, they're not going to be getting it after Christmas this year. Mm, yeah, Connor. Well, we we posted a nice wee poll, nice and easy for our followers. Uh, the question was: Is it time for Celtic to sack manager Ronnie Dyla? Two hundred fifty-five votes. Fifty-five percent of people think that he should be sacked. Forty-five percent say that Celtic should keep him. Where do you stand on that divide? It's a very interesting one because domestically. Um, in a decent position I mean probably would be the first ever manager to be sacked immediately after winning manager of the month um, but you know at the end of the day Celtic as a club and I think I spoke about it on Monday you know European football is, is, is what they're aiming for and, and competitiveness probably in the Champions League is, is the ultimate aim um, for getting the Europa League and to be quite frank and honest uh, he's, he's just probably not done enough Um the big thing, and I spoke about it this morning to a number of people, was for me, the problems, a lot of them lie defensively, and that's fair enough. Um, if you're coming in your first season, you might not have a lot of time to turn things around, but the fact of the matter is, these problems existed last season, uh, and, and Ronnie Dyler had the summer to try and, and get things right, and I just feel that defensively, it hasn't quite managed to solve that, and that's the biggest part of the problems. Yeah, well, I'm delighted to say that we are now joined by BBC football commentator Paul Mitchell. Paul, first of all, thanks very much for joining us. A pleasure, guys. Thanks for asking. No worries at all. Um, what, what did you make of Celtic's defeat last night? And the question I want to ask you, first of all, is do you think Ronnie Dyler should be kept on as manager? If I was the Celtic chief executive, I'd currently be looking around for a replacement because I'm not convinced I'm going to keep him. That would be my honest answer. Ronnie Dyla has constantly said, judge me on my European results. Uh, 
and if you judge him on that, I think he's not where Celtic wants him to be. Um, so if I'm the chief executive, I'm keeping an eye on things because the only reason to make a change would be to get somebody who can do better in Europe for you. Um, and I think they have to do the due diligence at the moment to see if that person is around. Well, the next question, of course, would be who would you get in? I mean, we've heard a lot of names. I think Michael O'Neill was a name that was mentioned. Um, it's obviously difficult when, when Ronnie Dyla is still in a job, but would you have a name at the moment that you, you would think is a success? Is there anyone that would really jump out at you? No, I think what, what we see in football is when a job becomes available, you get the usual suspects coming around. When a job is filled and there's, there's no decision on Ronnie Dyla one way or the other, I think it is disrespectful to start saying it would be him, it would be him, it would be him. I mean, let's be honest, you talk, for example, about Michael O'Neill, who I know is a great guy, he's doing tremendously well. Yeah. But would he have been mentioned two months ago, three months ago? I don't think so. So I think one of the things we've got to be guarding against, you know, as fans, as pundits, commentators, is just going for the sort of current flavour of the month person, if you like. I happen to think Michael O'Neill's a great manager. I don't think he's going anywhere till he's led Northern Ireland to that European yeah. Championship campaign. Um, it's a great honour for him to do so. And I think if he does well there, then that opens up a lot of jobs for him. In terms of the whole of Scottish football, is there more of a, a worry for us that this Celtic team that has been proven that they they can't deal with, let's face it, a, a mid-table Norwegian team at the moment is still far ahead of everyone else? Can that is that a real worry for the rest of Scottish football in terms of the depth there? I, I'm not sure it's a worry. I think we've got to get away from expecting to beat teams like this because although they're sort of seventh or eighth, they did very well. Last season, Mulder Mulder had their own problems. That's why they've changed manager and they've got a bounce from changing the manager. I mean, when I first started covering European football, you would look at certain games and say, yep, we'll get through that, we'll get through that. That's no longer the case now. And I think we've, we've got to be a bit more respectful. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think Celtic and their planning would have thought, we'll take, we have to aim to take four points off of Molda. And I think that was a very realistic thing to do. The fact is that in this particular case, Celtic's Achilles heel remains for defence. They've got a great goalkeeper who's perhaps not played as well as he could this season but they've got the defence. If Celtic had a better defence and were romping through, I don't think they'd be too worried. So I don't think they can get too high and I don't think they can get too low. Uh, I'm just wondering, Paul, do you think the board have to take some responsibility for these results? Well, the board choose the manager. The manager chooses the players. So eventually on the chain of command, yeah, that's the board's guy. Um, so yes, everybody at football club is linked. Um, you know, if the players don't perform, the manager's in trouble. If the manager doesn't perform, the board's in trouble. Um, and that that's just the way it is. There's no way they can wash their hands of it. You know, it's part of a chain of command and they, they've got to take their share of the blame. I just want to bring the rest of you guys in as well. Do you agree with Paul saying that uh, Celtic don't have a, a real right or they shouldn't think we need to get away from this feeling that Celtic should just be beating teams like Mulder, just turning up and winning those games, Matt? Yeah, I think um, I, I said it last night on Twitter that I, I believe that um, for our media kind of almost wrote off Mulder at right at the start. They they saw it as being like, okay, so like we'll get through that. The the two Fenerbahce and Ajax. It was a tough group going into it, but um, it's I don't know. I mean, it's it's really tough to kind of to kind of grasp. Really, I think that we just we just need to kind of Selick just need to kind of regroup again. But I, I don't really know where where they where they go from here. To be honest, Connor, do you have any answers? I mean, I, I don't in many ways. And I think if they were to go on and, and change their manager, it would be a kind of a depth into the 
unknown to see that does work. Um, it was interesting, we spoke about it even this morning, that I think if they do want to make that change, they need to make it within reasonable time in the next couple of months because uh, they'd be looking for a manager to go in there um, and to obviously shape a team that would be ready for Champions League qualification next summer. You don't want this kind of rush stage with, we say, well, we'll give Dyla to end of the season, make a decision then. But if you decide at the end of the season you don't want him to stay, you're running the risk that you're giving a manager a very limited amount of time to come in and get ready for the next set of European football because we all know how quickly it comes around. And finally, Paul, um, positives for Celtic. Probably Kieran Tierney last night at left back. He looks a real prospect. I think he's a terrific player. Uh, I think Lee Griffiths continues to be a player that you want around the place. In terms of Celtic, I mean, Tierney there, you've got to look and see what, what do Celtic have coming through. And I'd like to see Celtic play more of their own Scottish players and develop them. I think you've got to question you know, the influence that Armstrong's had, Gary Mackay, Stevens had two good young Scottish players who've gone there ostensibly to say we're good enough to make the next step up. Scott Allen has disappeared into a vacuum uh, and he was such a high-priced commodity, but he's disappeared. So I think Celtic, I mean, they've got great youth coaches, they've got some of the best youth players. It is hard to come all the way through. And I think it's encouraging for Scottish football when you see the likes of Tierney come through. But we've seen three or four of these types of players come through and never quite make that breakthrough. I'd like to think he's going to be one of these players that will get over that hump. You come in, you tend to play quite well, there's a great buzz about it. You then have that little dip in form. That will come. Can he then bounce back? That will be the telling factor for him. Thanks very much for your time, Paul. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure and all the best to you guys. No worries. Thanks, Paul. That was Paul Mitchell there, BBC football commentator. Guys, I want to ask you now, uh, Celtic are still, of course, alive and kicking in the group in a funny way. The result last night in Amsterdam has meant that qualification is still a possibility. Two wins will do that. Is there any chance at all? I mean, even I think SPL stats on Twitter saying that four points could even do it. A high score and draw in Turkey could do it. Is there any chance in the world? I mean, where's the evidence that Celtic are going to go to Turkey and get a result? I mean, even winning at home, even winning at home, yeah. I just, I just, I just honestly don't see it with this team. And um, I mean, I think there is something to be said about. Molder being somewhat underrated by a lot of people. I mean, um, I think they've been underestimated by Fenerbahce and Ajax. Who've both, you know, struggled against them. I don't think they're a bad team. They're very, very experienced, very organised um, team. And you know, I, I think this whole, you know, they're, they're playing, you know, they're six in the Norwegian league. I think that's a wee bit misleading. You know, I think they're a wee bit better than that. Obviously, league results have been different, but you know, you could say. I mean, it's obviously an embarrassment in terms of the. The, the size of Cobb, the stature of Cobb, the, the money that Celtic have available compared to Molder. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is still a very competent team we're playing against. Yeah, well, anything else to add there? Will we move on? Celtic will not qualify. Yeah, I, no. think, I think that's that's probably a, a fair claim. And uh, I think um, they would be pretty much odds on not to qualify at this stage. Uh, we will move on then to this, in fact not quite yet, we're going to quickly talk about uh, the game on Wednesday night, Easter Road, just briefly, um, Dundee United beaten comfortably against Hibs, it finished 3-0 to the Championship side, Connor I think it's fitting to come to you, you're a, a guy that's continually said that Hibs aren't quite as good <laughs> in your opinion as they're made out to be in the media, I think I know your answer here but you still go along with that? There's no doubt that on Wednesday night, Hibernian dominated Dundee United, and, and that's a massive credit to them. Um, but 
in perspective, I think we need to look um, at what's going on in those two sets of clubs just now. We've done United to are very in many ways, despite that lift of the weekend, beating Ross, Ross County, we're rather downbeat and in a, in a rut in many ways um, that they might just be starting to see their turn out of, but that defeat on Wednesday night does matter damages for that. You compare that to Hibs, who are full of confidence, are flying really at the moment in terms of, you can't argue with the facts, they've won a, number, a, lot, a lot of games recently. Um, and they've got obviously the ultimate lift by beating Rangers on Sunday. So... Yeah, a fantastic win for for Hibs, but I do still think that in many ways that that run of form does slightly defy um, exactly what I, I see in that team. I think very good individually, but I just still feel, and I'm, that might never change for me because my own personal opinion, but I just feel that there's just something not quite there that will see them sustain this throughout the rest of the campaign. Well, let's hear from both managers now. After the game on Wednesday night, Alan Stubbs obviously a wee bit happier than his counterpart from Finland. I think in the end we've, you know, I think we've been really professional tonight, and I think from the first whistle till the end, um, our energy levels, considering Sunday, I thought were were, were fantastic, and uh, we we really took it to, to Dundee United and put them under as much pressure as we could, and you know the the lads the, lad, the lads have been immense it's totally deserved the victory today uh, we were off it um, off the pace totally uh, our passing wasn't wasn't good enough and, uh, and you know we, we we had first half a couple of sniffs um, more than a couple uh, a little bit more quality a little bit more decisive action in that final third and inside the penalty box we, we might have scored but uh, you know we didn't have that so we never scored we can look forward to another another day at Hamden and, and see who we've got um, on that day but you know um, the, the players deserve a lot of credit as I said on Sunday you know they, they keep performing I thought today's performance was even better than Sunday So are you saying that no matter who, who you uh, get in the semi-final you think you'll be playing at Hamden whether it's Ross County or St Johnson or Celtic I don't mind who we play Or where you play Or where we play um, you know it's um, That's it really it's it, it is it is it really obviously we, we we wouldn't we wouldn't we want to try and avoid Celtic if possible. Um I think everybody who's still in there would. But um if it's if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Of course we can turn this round. There's no question about that. It's a, but it's gonna be a long winter for us. Um, you know, we're not we're not looking for a quick fix. Of of course we take it if if there is. But um no no, today we were off it. Um Saturday we were we were much better. And uh, now we look forward to the Aberdeen match. Mixu Patalain in there saying that he, he believes his team can turn it around. Maybe similar to what happened when he was first at Kilmarnock. Uh, took a wee took a wee bit for, for things to properly turn around. Do you think he will turn things around at Tanadice, Callum? Yeah, I, I really believe that he will. I think Mixu is an excellent manager. And as you were saying, obviously, it took a while to click at Kelly. Um, but the, the main thing with Mixu was, for the first game that he was in charge at Ibrox, you could see that we were a good team, we were passing the ball about well, and we looked comfortable, and we weren't we just weren't getting the breaks at the time, and then we ended up, it all came at once, we went on an outstanding run, but the main thing was, despite them obviously getting a great result, uh, beating Ross County on Saturday, I mean, the, the Hearts game, uh, a few weeks back, I mean, the first game, they were absolutely dreadful, it was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen, and that to me says, like I said, the main thing with Dundee United is they're, they're stuck in a, a losing mentality. Um, 
and they just need to get out of that. They need to put a couple of results together and gain their confidence because that's the thing. Because they've got a great range of players there. I think they're a great football inside, and we've got a lot of technical players, but they've just not got enough leaders. I think on the pitch, but as you've said before, I mean they've got John Rankins and that that have been there and done it. But they just need more for their kind of characters on the pitch to see them through and get um, put a bit of bite back into the squad, uh, into the team rather. And um, but I do believe Mixu will turn it round eventually at Dundee United. Yeah, and his counterpart Alan Stubbs saying that or admitting that he'd probably rather avoid Celtic in the semi-final draw, although saying if they did get them, it wouldn't be the worst thing. How do you see any team, Lewis, that? could rival Celtic for the League Cup you've obviously got three decent teams playing well Ross County St Johnson and Hibs there yeah yeah I think um, I think the one team that maybe I'd be I'd be a bit frightened of would be St Johnston because um, I know that sounds a wee bit kind of weird but I, I definitely think they've got the quality there on a one-off game you know they proved that against Rangers um, earlier this season and one-off game you know they can do a lot of damage Ross County as well um, obviously a great start to the season they've had and um, in terms of Hibs they're a bit of an unknown quantity because obviously you know Celtic haven't played them in, in a good few years I'd imagine so it'll be interesting to see that although Hibs record as well isn't that great in cup competitions no offence Yeah well we'll come on to Hibs later on when we discuss their match this weekend but we'll start with the Premiership five games on Saturday starting with the new firm Derby good to see all these games kicking off at three o'clock a bit of excitement there with Celtic playing on Sunday up in Dingwall but first to, to your side, Matt, up against that Dundee United team we were just talking about. Two teams, probably, and probably the two teams in the poorest form in the league. Do you expect a a cracker there? Um, I hope not. I'd take a 1-0 win, if I'm honest. But yeah, um, Aberdeen have got the capabilities of making it a really comfortable win for us. I still believe that we still are comfortably a, a better side than the rest of the league, obviously, bar Celtic. Um, just, that could just be me being biased, but um, I don't know, it's going to, Dundee United aren't playing well, we know that, I mean, last week they won, but they're not, they're, they're not showing anything that's going to, that's going to, um, that, that suggests that they could even beat us, to be honest, but it, it depends really on what, what can Aberdeen team turn up, I, I still believe that if um, we can get that first win, we're, we're going to go on a run again, um, no better time to beat, to play Dundee United, but then again, no better time to play Aberdeen as well, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite difficult, I think. But um, I still expect this to come through. It. I mean, obviously, Dundee United they might well take a had they not played Hibs in Madrid, they could well have taken a lift from that that win last week. But that will probably shatter a lot of confidence that that was there at all. I mean, don't get me wrong, Hibs shown on Sunday on a kind of national stage that with the TV cameras there that they can do it, but. Still, nonetheless, Dundee United were the Premiership team on, on Wednesday night, and the fact is they were eliminated by a Championship Championship team. No matter whether we think Cubs could compete in the top flight or not, so that's bound to come into their minds. Um, and probably for me, I actually think that this could be the, the game that really puts Aberdeen back on track. Cause I think if they go for it, they could win it by a good couple of goals. Yeah, I'm certainly of that mindset. I think Aberdeen. We saw signs. I think last week at Parkhead, especially in the first half, that Aberdeen were back to their, their fluid way. Uh, actually played quite similar to Molder last night in the terms of the way they counter-attacked. You had, I mean, I was a bit frightened by the pace. I mean, you had Hayes in the left wing, McGinn coming for the right. I mean, we were looking at McLean and he was almost playing as a striker last week. So there's real options there. And I just think the Dundee United team, I mean, Pat Lane has tried everything, hasn't he, to, to try and turn things around. He had to go at them after the, the Celtic game. Um, he's been kind of a bit more subdued in other defeats, trying to maybe get the players on his side. I just think that... Uh, 
it depends how they react. But I think Aberdeen will just be be too much for them. Well, as Matt says, to be honest, I mean it's the the right time for Aberdeen to put this winning streak back on. It's the best time to play in D United, and well, as Connor touched upon as well, I mean that would have shattered their confidence midweek. As basically repeating what Connor's just said, but we all know Hibs are a good side. But then they they still were the championship team, and they went and kind of you could say caused a few scalps. I don't know, but United will be. You know their confidence will be down after that, and as I keep as I keep getting back to saying, it's the losing mentality. They need to get out of it. They need their big characters to get them out of it. And but I hope I hope for the sake of the United, they can turn it around. To be honest, but I don't see it coming Saturday. There's no doubt in my mind that Aberdeen are more than capable of going on a run. I mean, they showed it last year, had a few dodgy results, and then you know they picked it up again, picked the form up again. It's just when that that game will come, and you know this is the really a key opportunity for them because. United are struggling. I mean, in my opinion, I, I just don't see anything changing uh, for United until January when they can get some fresh players in, and Mixu can you know he can kind of mould the team the way he might he, he will want to mould it. Um, but no, I think Aberdeen. This is a really key key game for them, and if you can get you know even just a as you said just a a one 0 win, that might be enough for them to go on a, a good wee run again. Are we all sorry, Matt. Are we all nailed on for an Aberdeen win then. Hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I think it'll be the weekend. Aberdeen turn that around. You got to remember as well. Aberdeen are all, we're actually three points. I think it's just three points worse off than last season at this stage. So like, it, but it, it, it's just so strange the way that it's gone. The fact that we won eight, then lost four, whatever we've lost now. So I think um, there's signs to the last two weeks that it has been improving. I mean, the Motherwell game we should have really won. I mean, Motherwell had their chances, and without Danny Ward, we might have lost, but. We we looked like I said back to our, back a bit back to our best, and then Celtic Park. There were so many opportunities that I mean, Aberdeen could really have been ahead at half time. I think um, if Rooney had taken his chances, and and then obviously suicide defending for for pretty much all the goals. I I think I think I think especially the the penalty, obviously. But no, I think Aberdeen will. We need to get back to winning ways. I think we're going to do it this weekend. If you actually looked at the table, um, you'd see, and you just looked at it kind of in isolation, you'd see that Aberdeen have actually won eight of their 13 games, and you'd think it's not actually a disastrous start, it's just the fact, obviously, that it's four defeats and a draw from the last five games that kind of blurs it a wee bit. Um, but they're still third place, and, I mean, if they win and Hearts, say, drop points at home to Hamilton, they could overtake the Jambos. In terms of that game at Tynecastle. It's an attractive game on paper, two teams, uh, both I think in the top six at the moment, yeah, Hamilton just still staying in there, sixth place, Hamilton up, uh, Hearts up in second, sorry, and there'll be goals in that game, I think. Yeah, I'd say so, I mean, I think I think both teams are actually, I'd argue both teams are actually better at home, so I think this game will definitely suit Hearts more than it would Hamilton. Uh, but for Hearts, you know they've they've definitely turned things around. Credit needs to go to to Nielsen for turning it around. Um, I think in terms of how they'll play, um, you know, if they, I mean, attacking wise, Hearts are a fantastic team to watch when they're playing at home, um, and I think if they just if they're not if they don't worry too much about this game, you know, I think they should win pretty comfortably. I mean, Hamilton haven't been too impressive on the road for me, so I just don't see I, I, I don't really see them getting the result of this. I think uh, I saw on the Hearts Twitter page saying that there's only 500 tickets left, and that's I mean. We keep praising Hearts, but that's uh, mm. pretty terrific for a game against probably the least glamorous opposition in the league. They've sold out every game, and the, the, the home section anyway, they've sold out every game so far. So, I mean, a massive credit needs to go to Hearts. A great addition to the league, haven't they? Yeah. yeah that's been fantastic, to be honest. It's 
brilliant to see that. I mean, no other teams doing it, you know what I mean? Hearts are there selling out their ground, and as you say, I mean, it's maybe the least attractive in terms of opposition fans, but hopefully, you know, like, well, how many numbers do Aki's usually take? Do you know? Aki's like, usually take about. It depends what the game it is. I think Castle. Ten Castle, I think they'll take at least three hundred, maybe. I, I think they'll take a decent amount. It's decent enough, yeah. But like I say, it's brilliant just to see Hearts. I mean, it's one of the shining lights in Scottish football just now in terms of their attendances have been terrific so far. Yep, Connor. How do you look at that game? I mean, Hamilton was talked up all season. They they still sit sixth place in the league uh, last week. Um, they lost at home to St Johnson, 4-0 down at a stage, they got two goals to, to probably add a wee bit of gloss to a, an otherwise, which would have been a, a terrible defeat for them, do you do you see them maybe bouncing back with a nice wee result at Tynecastle? To be quite honest I don't, um, and I think they need to be careful in many ways because what we've looked at I think in depth the past kind of couple, of, couple of shows is that that kind of middle group in the in the Premiership, it can very suddenly become quite tight. Um, and it's strange, you know, that you would be saying Hamilton losing two games in a bounce is, a, is, is poor for them, but it probably would be in, in all things. We've been looking to take at least something from those two matches in, in total to come out with something out of two of them. Um, look, there's no doubt that going to Tynecastle is a very, very tough place to go. Um, and, you know, it's going to take a, a big, big effort to get something out of it. They are capable, and I think that's something you need to credit them with. We're not saying they're going to go and get hammered. They won't. It'll be tight. It'll be tough for Hearts. They will make it difficult. Um, but Hearts at home, in the position they are second in the league now, they want to build on that. And if they want to keep up there and keep being the best of the rest, they need to win games like at home against Hamilton. Matt, do you think, still think that Hearts will be second in the, the Premiership come Saturday evening? Yeah, um, I think um, I think Hearts will win quite comfortably, to be honest. Yep. We just talked about St Johnson a minute ago there. They are at home again this week. Uh, they play Kilmarnock. Tough one for your boys, even though you beat them last time around. It was a bit of a shock last time when you beat them at Rugby Park. Aye, aye, no, I agree. Because um, obviously it was our first home win of the season as well. Um, but it should be a good game, actually. I'm yeah, kind of looking forward to to see it. Well, listen to it. I won't actually make it, but I think it'll be a good, I think it'll be a good game. I mean, St Johnson have been... I mean. We all know how much we've praised them this season. They're a very good side, and we all rate Tommy Wright very highly as a manager. Um, but Kelly, it's it's a big it's a big call for uh, Gary Locke. To be honest, I mean, I think last week we were very unlucky. We were very unlucky last week um, in terms of we didn't quite deserve to lose the game um, because like, Motherwell. It was. I mean, you even see the goal yourself. I mean, there was nothing in the goal. Um, and going by comments, it was more a case of you know nil nil. I had nil nil written all over it, and if anything, Kelly looked more likely to, um, to win the game last week. But you you get results like that sometimes. I suppose it's kind of promising that we we weren't totally not at the races last week. Um, and I think that will hopefully give us a wee bit of confidence coming in Saturday. And I'm confident we'll get a result. I think um, I think we'll get a result on Saturday. Fancy to at least take a point there. Kelly not at the races last week, but you certainly will. I know that's <laughs> it, that's it. I chose my words carefully there, didn't I? Yeah. No, but I did. I did actually watch the game. It was one of the games BBC Alba did, and I was quite impressed. I mean, Josh McGuinness just looks so confident at the moment. Yep. He's taking the ball in. He's turning. I thought. Uh, Higginbottom had one of his poorer games with yeah, players. Yeah, that like was the comments. It was Higgins quite wasn't at greedy, it, but, greedy, but uh, players like Kilty just still still playing well, and they look look real players. Um, I was 
a bit surprised with the, the fans' reaction. It was almost like they were they were shocked Motherwell won, but they weren't really having a go at the team. It was almost kind of like you played well, it's alright, we'll go again. None of this like lockout kind of chat what a month ago. Yeah, no, that, that that's exactly the point I was trying to make there. I mean, even though we lost the game, I mean, it wasn't you know total doom and gloom after it. I mean. MD that watched it would have realised that we were probably the better team and probably, well, we definitely deserve something out of the game. Um, but to get back on to the players you mentioned there, it is, it's quite exciting times just now for Kelly in terms of the uh, the quality of player, in terms of Greg Kilty, who I rate very highly. But Rory McKenzie as well, I think he's had an excellent season so far and he's actually captain at the moment, which is, I think he probably must be Commander's youngest ever captain or something. Mm. Obviously, he's not club captain, but he's captain to decide. Uh, two weeks in a row now and I think Rory deserves a lot of credit I think he's been fantastic this year so hopefully he keeps it up and in terms of St Johnson Lewis they've been really good this season they've already booked their place in the semi-final of the League Cup and they're, they're right on form in the league as well a terrific 4-1 that we just mentioned at New Douglas Park last week Believe it or not, St Johnson are fourth now in the the Premiership table. They just come out of nowhere, don't they? It's something I actually tipped at the start of the start of the year because obviously they had a few kind of dodgy results at the start. Uh, but you know, I was always kind of confident that St Johnson would turn it around because you know, they've got quality there and they've got a good manager and Tommy Wright. You know, I was at the game uh, against Motherwell uh, earlier in the season, and you know, what I kind of felt was that the home crowd really really helped them. There, I know. St Johnson not renowned for the for the home support or whatever, but um, you know I had that feeling that the folk, the home fans can expect something, and because they've been up that the higher echelons of the league, they can expect to win or to beat teams of the likes of Kilmarnock who haven't been as successful as they as the likes of St Johnson in the past few years. Um, but you know Kelly will be hurting, uh, especially after last week, and you know I, th- I think it's a really intriguing game. Um, I think. It could be a draw, but if not, I think St Johnson could maybe nick it. Uh, we've got a pretty terrible record up there as well. Uh, I, we've won well when we won last year. I think that was our first win up there since two thousand and ten. So, no, aye, uh, two thousand and ten. So it says a lot about Kelly's record in Perth. In terms of Tommy Wright, Connor, a man that was perhaps unfortunate not to get the Manager of the Month award. Instead, it went to Ronnie Dyler. Did he have a case there uh, with taking his team to? the semis of the cup as I mentioned and the the great run they've been on yeah I think so I mean he's done a, f- a fantastic job up there and what he's shown um, I, I feel more so in recent times is the way he approaches games is very very good and tactically showing how good a manager he is I mean you've already spoke about it t- today I mean that's him up to fourth but the big thing is you look at the the, the league table um, and with Ross County and Hamilton in behind uh, Ross County play Celtic, I believe. Hamilton were a tough trip to Hearts, so there could be, potentially be the, the thing here that they're going to go and extend that gap in fourth to what could well be five uh, points come come Saturday night. Um, so they've done fantastically well um, so so far, and, and he deserves a lot of credit because it's not it's not that easy to come in after a manager that's done so well and Steve Lomas and moved down south. He'll probably have ambitions of that himself, but what he's doing at St Johnson just now will do him absolutely no harm in terms of he's working to a very tight budget, doing it extremely well, and tactically he's working very soundly. A couple of stats for you regarding this game. St Johnson have won six of the last seven matches. They've scored 19 goals in those matches. Uh, the only defeat during that period was against Partick Thistle and also a slightly worrying one for you Callum Kilmarnock have not kept a clean sheet 
away from home since their last visit to McDermott Park in February. So you could look at that a couple of ways. It's a bad away record, but also it might be something about McDermott Park that makes your team keep clean sheets. <laughs> Hopefully, but uh, to go on the kind of clean sheet thing there, um, I mean, we only kept our, the, no, the 2-0 win against Inverness the other week there. I mean, that was our first clean sheet since March, if I'm right in saying. It was, it was the first clean sheet since Gary Locke had been appointed a uh, permanent manager, so I mean that says a lot about defence. But <laughs> they're picking it up now, and uh, I will hope for another clean sheet on Saturday. Motherwell against Inverness, a bit of a probably a tough one to call. Motherwell looked like they're improving that win at Rugby Park last week. Well, Inverness are maybe a team in slight decline. Two defeats and a draw from their last three games, and they're sitting in ninth. Motherwell in tenth. Both teams have 14 points, so there's a lot riding in this game, Matt. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think we've got to look at uh, the way Inverness has been. I mean, obviously, we talk about how they've they've been really mixed this season. That once they lose a game, then they they seem to kind of go on a bit of a, a, a poor form. Um, nobody was expecting any wonders from Inverness this season. I think that's got to be clear. I mean, the size of that club. I mean. Uh, uh, John Hughes done amazingly well last year and I don't think anyone was expecting them to do anywhere near as close losing a couple of their key players in the summer has not helped them and it, I think they're, they're feeling the effects of it um, I think it's so it's so tough to build up a run especially like down there down at that kind of bottom half of the league to build a consistent run and you're not going to find teams winning three or four games I don't think um, apart from obviously like in the top three really is what I would look at it so I think you Inverness are a good team. They they really are. They they lack a little bit of firepower up front, I think. But um, I think they can they can, I think they can come back and win this today. Uh, sorry, tomorrow. Um, because Motherwell are showing improvement, and they are. I mean, they, they could have taken three points off Aberdeen. Really, they should have, to be honest. Um, but um, and they've shown a bit of improvement. I think Mark McGee's got them, got them kind of sturdier in defence. That they're not going to be conceding a lot of goals. I Aye, think they're a lot one. more organised than. Yeah, obviously they were under Barakov, but mm-hmm. so I think I th- I still see Inverness as as favourites for this game, um, but it's it's very difficult to call as well. Yeah, Motherwell actually have a, a very good record against Inverness, uh, especially at home. They've won five of the last six games against the the Highland Club at Fir Park. Do you see that continuing tomorrow, Connor? <sighs> no, not to be honest. I think Motherwell will. We'll win that game. I think that they turn it around. That's basically uh, what I just said. Do you think you see that continuing? <laughs> so that that would be a yes. Yes, that would be a yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, um, <laughs> getting awfully confused here. No, sorry, Motherwell. I think we'll win that one. Um, I think, as I've commented on previously, I think Inverness are on a slippery slope down, um, and we'll be the team that finish in, in the playoff this year. Um, and I, I just see. You don't agree with that, Callum? No, no, I was shocked, but. The, do you believe that Inverness will finish in the playoffs this year? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I just um, oh, I think that's a, sh- I, I, it's a shout. I just mean it was bold. I was really surprised. I, I, I mean, I can, those I think, words. I think at the start of the season when we went through our league tables, I had them far, far closer to the bottom. I did the top. Um, Who was it? Callum had them third. Callum Fisher. I think he even said they might challenge for second at one point. But um, <laughs> I just ridicule the boy that's absent today. But no, seriously, I, I, I think that they're they're missing. Uh, key players in certain areas. Um, they're missing a striker. They're missing mm-hmm. a, a, a somebody, both in, a, in a, an attack and, and defensive sense in midfield for me. Um, and I just think there's there's definitely areas there that can be worked on. John Hughes, 
I think is a fantastic manager um, and I've no doubt knows what needs done but it's a tough place to try and recruit players I think Ross can have the advantage of there's probably able to offer a lot more money than Inverness um, but if you're not able to offer the, a lot, the most money in kind of that area of the league and you're way up north you're asking people to do an awful lot to come to you um, and that's where I think they, they struggle and for that reason alone I think they may find themselves in danger not just on Saturday but come May I think and this is quite a tough game to call I think it will be a draw does anyone else I agree with you yeah. actually yeah. yeah I think um, as much as Motherwell's improved a lot uh, and I agree with you what you're saying Matt I think they're a lot more organised now I just don't think they've reached that kind of level yet where they can start putting a run together um, I don't know and then I mean in terms of Inverness um, I think no, I think they need a draw they really do they need, they, they need something out of this game because um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a poor run of games they've been on in terms of their form Yep, final game on Saturday is at Dens Park. It's between Dundee and Partick Thistle. Uh, rejuvenated Partick Thistle, three wins and a draw until last week. Uh, last week, of course, when they came up against Hearts and Hearts put four past them at Fur Hill. That was uh, a bit of a tough one for, for Alan Archibald's men, but they'll be looking to, to bounce back tomorrow against Dundee. If I eventually get there. <laughs> Thoughts-wise? I no, uh, <laughs> it'll be. It's. Did you say is it? It's Fur Hill tomorrow. No, uh, dense, dense part. Dense, dense yeah. part. So it's dense part. Um, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I fifty. I was eighty two. I've got to get one right. But anyway, um, it's it's a tough one again in in terms of like because Thistle did start to put the run together and obviously I mean Harps demolished them last week. But um, in all. I think realistically, before the Hearts game, I don't think really MD Partick would have said, uh, oh, this is a th- three points for us, you know what I mean? I think they would have maybe accepted defeat, maybe no 4-0, and I don't mean they would have accepted defeat, but I think they could have maybe written the game off. So, But to lose before goals will maybe dampen their confidence a lot more than obviously losing 1-0, but I don't see them to to be that lacking in confidence, and I fancy them to maybe get a result at Dens Park, because I don't think Dundee are the team... Um, that we've and the media has made them out to be. I think they've been found out a bit, and yeah. I think I think they're a very good team when it all goes right. But mm-hmm. they're not a team that when they're playing badly, they can get results. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I asked Connor, I think last week, are Dundee actually a good team? He believes that they are. Denny, you think that they're actually maybe not? I mean, you just said they're not quite as good as you think. What is their actual level? Is it bottom six? I t- no, I, I, no. I, I think I think they're I think they'll make the top six still this season. I'd mm. I really don't know because I think I think they've capabilities of finishing top six, but there's a lot of teams capable of finishing top yeah, six. That's, I think about ten teams in the league are capable of finishing top six. Hundred percent. But let's say the main thing for Dundee is they don't get results when they're playing yeah. badly, and I think that's what you need to be a real successful team I mean to even get back to St Johnson I mean St Johnson are the kind of team that can always nick a point or you know if they're playing poorly at home they can get three points Dundee just don't do that for me I think I think when it all's going well they're an excellent team to watch and they've got a range of fantastic players but like I said they, they've not got the grip when they need it Yeah I think just what you were saying Callum I, I completely agree with you I think it's um, the results haven't been impressive but I think it's maybe the performances have been more impressive than the results certainly at the start of the season that's you know the way I felt anyway um, but I think in terms of this game it's really all about what Dundee team turns up I mean if they play the way they can I honestly think they'll hammer Partick Thistle but 
uh, that's not always guaranteed and I really think you know Thistle they could get a point out of it if Dundee don't turn up and they do I think Particle get a point out of it why do you think that? Because I feel as if I owe it to Partick. I mean, no, no, I think uh, I think they've shown signs of improvement. I think last week you can write it off. I mean, it was a it was a tough one for them. Uh, I know the red card uh, came late on, uh, and I know they were up against a really good Hearts side. I just think you write that game off, and you look at their previous results before then against teams that they they can beat. I mean, you get good results at Johnson, terrific result to beat them, thumping Dundee United. Uh, and even getting a point against Hamilton, who are playing well, but I think you look at Dundee and they're just, I saw them against Hamilton, and they're good, as you say, Callum, when things are going for them, but I just wonder if there's, I mean, they couldn't see that game out in New Douglas yep. Park, they have no real spine, and I just think that, uh, if I think they're there to be got at, and I think Partick, if they play with confidence tomorrow, I don't think they'll win the game, but I think they'll get a point, I think it'll be a score draw. See, even to get back to Dundee, to see if you agree with me here, and I don't mean to keep reverting everyone back to Kelly, but they kind of remind me the. Kelly team under Shields you know what I mean they were capable of a lot of mm. big results but I mean we'd be the same team that would be 6-3 by Inverness at home obviously Dundee won't get done by that but like a game like this game Dundee v Partick we're debating whether it's got to happen whereas if it was the Johnson v Partick that's what I think we would all unanimously say St Johnson would go to win you know what I mean because they've got the steal about them whereas to go back to what Lewis said was that you don't know what Dundee team's got to turn up. I mean, any no result would surprise you in the game. If Dundee go and win 4 0, you'd be like, aye, that's a good Dundee team that we see. But yeah. then it wouldn't surprise you to see part of beat them or draw. It's just one of those. They're just so inconsistent. I mean, I don't think we should uh, overstate kinda, or how poor we think Dundee have been. I mean, they are sitting seventh in the league. One win could take them up as far as fourth. Mm-hmm. But then again, they're only three points ahead of Motherwell in 10th place. So I think the next month is massive for all those clubs around there to see exactly where they'll be. I just think with those players you've got, I mean, I think you could give, you could put those players, the likes of Hemmings and Loy, uh, and, and well, Greg Stewart, players like that, uh, and Harkins, players like that, you could put them in the team, and I think if you didn't finish top six with that team, you'd be quite disappointed, I think, I mean, Hemmings and Loy, is there, is there a better strike force in Scottish football than that? Hearts? Well, one man so. Uh, so yeah, I suppose, I yeah. Adam, but I mean, Adam Rooney, give him a shout, and he's just, 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 just Adam Rooney's own. Yeah. Just, honestly, <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I, I believe that like there's better attacking teams. I mean, they have good good strikers. Uh, Dundee, don't get me wrong, but I mean, you look at it. I mean, look at the options that Celtic have, and you and I would still argue David Gwilly's got a place. Um, in most teams in Scottish football, um, right, he'd walk uh, into, uh, he'd, he'd, he's still walking to pretty much all the teams. So I think we've said it before about uh, we've praised their their attacking options, but I still think there's better there's better teams. Well, sorry, well better attacking options in other teams. Mm. Maybe it's just when you look at other players have signed the uh, likes of Nick Ross, uh, players like that, and they've got a couple of young boys I think on loan. The, the young winger, the left winger, name escapes me, a uh, good player and. Players, I mean, at the back, they're, they're pretty solid as well. Holt's a t- really good left back, probably up there with the best in the league. Uh, well, until Kieran Tierney came along. <laughs> and um, players like James McPate, captain of Hibs a couple of years ago. So they've got a good team there. I just feel as if they're slightly underachieving at the moment. And yep. uh, maybe that will change on Saturday, a victory over Partick Thistle. Um, let's move to Sunday then. 
Uh, I don't want to spend too much time in this on Celtic because we've already spoken about Celtic at great length. Uh, a trip to Dingo, a strange kick-off at half three on Sunday. Do we know the reasons for, for that at all? Possibly because of English English football, I think. There's, there's something to do with a remembrance thing on uh, in Dingo on the town at two Was o'clock that? or something. Oh. Yeah, because uh, John Paul Taylor said something on Twitter about um, avoid... That area or something Celtic, Celtic fans, fans yeah. Avoid remembrance No worries <laughs> yeah. Jeez oh, What can go wrong there uh, Hopefully speaking uh, As a fan of Scottish football That nothing goes the Measure goes bad uh, Yeah we're wanting um, we're, we're wanting things to, to run smoothly In terms of the action On the pitch Is there a chance That Ross County Could uh, could get anything From that game at all Connor They're sitting fifth In the league at the moment 18 points They've They've beaten Aberdeen At home They've given Hearts A tough run at home the visit of the champions who they came they did alright against in the first day of the season the flag day at Celtic Park do you think they can get anything on Sunday? I think um, they will put a lot of pressure on Celtic and I think they will limit them very well but you would expect overall Celtic to come through that game Um, I mean in general terms, they are a, a very good counter-attacking team, I feel, in terms of the, the, the players they've got, with Boyce and Graham, and speed and height, and a right good threat up there. Um, but if they can... Uh, I mean, if they can exploit Celtic, then there's definitely goals there. The big thing is keep tight at the back, and, you know, they've shown they can do that. It'll be tough for Celtic, no doubt, but I would I would, I would caution on the side of back in Ross County too heavily, because Celtic should have enough to get through that. Anyone else want to disagree and say that Ross County could get anything? I think they can get anything, um, but Mm. I think that Celtic will still put out a team that is vastly stronger than than Ross County, I really do. But um, you never know, they might catch them on an off day. I think confidence isn't exactly high, I would say, especially after Thursday, so well, after last night, sorry. But Celtic know really whatever team they could put out in the park will will still be stronger than Ross County. Ross County have got they've played very well at home this season, uh, so I I, th- I still think they could nick something, but it's Celtic, Celtic should win quite comfortably still. I think if Ross County get any positive result, then Ronnie Dyla won't win a job come Monday. If they beat him, yeah, I think. Yeah. Honestly, I, I still don't really see him. Um, I don't know if he'll win the Celtic job long term anyway, but I honestly believe that if Ross County get any. Sort of result come Sunday then Nah he won't be Celtic manager next week Paul Mitchell who we were chatting to earlier on Of course mentioned about the the Lack of Scottish players perhaps in the Celtic First team in recent months Do we see the likes of Scott Allen who he mentioned the two boys for Dundee United Getting a game when Ronnie Dyler really Needs a result he has to. I think he has to play Scott Allen sooner Rather than later otherwise he's just going to become a, a player that's gone to the old firm and just completely fallen away from football. He's one was, of the was Scott Allen not injured for a bit, but or was he? I I he was. But he, with an injury, I mean, he's, he's been in the team, I think, but he's ne- he's never. I agree he's, with you. I agree yeah, with no, you know, I I know what you're saying he was out for a while, but there, there was such a big deal made about players like Scott Allen coming yeah. in, especially when the because obviously they pinched him off of Rangers. That was the whole the whole thing, and it almost seems like they've just kind of gone and stole him off of Rangers, and then to think, okay, that's it. We'll put him in the put him on the bench. I, I, I've I've seen that from like over the over so many years of watching Scottish football. Obviously, players have gone to the old firm, um, and they've just not and they've just fell down the pecking order pretty quickly. It's not a thing. Celtic have just realised they've obviously possibly got stronger options when it comes to European football, having to come in and play like 
players with European pedigree like you, you go years back obviously when they signed Derek Riordan mm-hmm. and Chris Killen and all these kind of players that had, had a bit of prospect I know Chris Killen's not obviously Scottish but he came from yeah, yeah, came yeah. from Hibs and, um, but yet they, they had players like Jan van der Hessel like on the on the books and he, they were never going to get in a game ahead of these players I think what Mitch, uh, Paul was trying to say as well was in terms of the players Celtic are actually bringing through um, guys like um, obviously I mean Tierney's a big positive for, for Celtic but you know there's guys like William Henderson in recent years or Dylan McGeeks just you know never really got a chance at Celtic you know there's, there's tons there's a whole list of Scottish people Cadiz, littered, Ferry you know yeah, like, like, littered like, with the, the rejects of Jackson of Irvin yeah. The, yeah Scott Cuthbert McGovern Ryan Conroy Ryan Conroy yeah, yeah. But yeah. the, the biggest disappointment me was Paul Caddis. I know what, yeah. that's a bit biased when being a Kelly boy, um, but I thought Paul Caddis was a brilliant player. And obviously, he's Birmingham City captain and everything, you know. And I thought he maybe deserved uh, more a chance. At Another one as well was Tony Watt, who's yeah. banging in the well, goals down. So yeah. you know, David Marshall. David Marshall. Yeah. I mean, you look at yeah. I mean, and that's proof there that there are players though, that have come through the Celtic Youth Academy have very good. I mean, I would pick out Aidan McGeady as being the best player probably to ever come out of that Youth Academy. Yeah, um, Sean Money maybe. I'd still say to McGiggy. Yeah, okay. I think uh, the fact that he's playing uh, Everton, I know he doesn't obviously always get in the team, but he's. I mean, he went away to Russia and he had a fantastic spell yeah, yeah. In, in, at Spartak. So I think, mm. you know, there's signs that it does work, but I just think that, and it, uh, Rangers are guilty of it as well. I mean, they they have done the same kind of thing. I mean, you you hope now that the way that Rangers go about their businesses, and we've, we've I know we'll come on to Rangers later on about Warburton and so on, but. That he might stick with her, that team, they might be a bit more. He might be loyal to those players, like those youth players that are coming through and so on. So, but like you said, though, there's a lot of Scottish players that have gone under the radar. I, I think the problem is that we're we're bringing through players one at a time. Almost, it doesn't seem. I mean, Arsene Wenger talks about this. I know this is English football, but he talks about how he always wants you know a group of players mm-hmm. in, it, young players in at the same time, try to bring them all through at the same time. And you know that always works. And something like this at Celtic, it's like we'll have Forrest one year, and or here's Steve McManus another uh, year. You know, here's uh, Sean Money another year. You know, it, it's, it's there's never seem to be a group of youngsters that come through at the same time. It just doesn't seem to be the case. That's happened though in previous years. With I mean, the best ones you probably look at is Hibs yeah. in terms of that group of players that came through. You look at Scott Brown, Kevin Thompson. Fl- uh, Riordan, O'Connor, Fletcher, and in, in Dundee United as well. Dundee yeah. United, um, going far back as when I started, uh, like obviously following Aberdeen, you had like a lot of players that were coming through that time, and they didn't obviously go and hit the, the heaviest heights. I mean, Kevin McNaughton was probably the best player to ever come out of our youth academy. Well, nah, you probably, but yeah, I mean, he's had a successful yeah. sweet uh, spell in England, so I think. There, there are a lot of player teams have done it in the past, but like I said, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't really think there's a collective group coming out of that Celtic youth no. academy at the moment. Yep. Oh, we'll leave the Premiership chat there and move to the Championship. Time for our corner part to come alive and wake <laughs> up for your sleep, mate. We've got a <laughs> uh, Falkirk away to Starks Park on Saturday. You will be in attendance there. And uh, speaking to you earlier, you're you're relatively confident. Do you want to do you want to explain why you're confident going to the the fourth best team in the league? Um, I, I think there's a number of reasons. Um, you sound pretty confident. <laughs> <laughs> the first one would obviously be looking at, at, at form. I mean, Wraith, that's two defeats in a row now for them against Hibs and Livingston. Obviously, Livingston being the most damaging one, 3 0, um, albeit they're on a wee bit of a resurgence at the moment. Um, and then they're up against a team who, well, if you take the, the second quarter, if you like, have got nine from nine. Um, and in the past two games, they scored eight and conceded none. 
So the form for me obviously swings in, in Falkirk's favour. Starts Park is a very tough place to go. I just think uh, it will be a one of our toughest away tests this season. I think in many ways it's replaced uh, Queen's Park with, with Palmerston. Um, and, you know, it won't be easy. But I just feel that in the balance of things, everything's a lot more positive at Falkirk in comparison to likes of Wraith, who have lost John Daly this week. Their captain looks like he's going to miss the game. They've got a young striker out injured. I just think the balance of it all swings in our favour. But it's a massive game. I suppose the biggest thing for us would be that no matter what happens, we'll still be third on Saturday night, on goal difference anyway. Um, but the, it would be massive to go six points ahead of the chasing pack and Wraith. Uh, you're potentially looking at going even further ahead of Queen of South and Morton and it keeps you on the coattails of Hibs who, you know, I can maybe misquote you slightly but the way I see it is right now, especially on Saturday, we're looking solid in third. Now, the next place team above that is second. So we've still got two-thirds of a season to go. There's no point right now if you're sitting comfortably in third and just saying, oh, well, that's us done. We'll consolidate that. I think if you're a team that's got aspirations, you want to be keeping going and aiming higher and higher. And that's why I do say that the aim just now has to be second because we are looking fairly reasonable settled in third. Yeah, only two defeats for Falkirk this season. Very interesting if you actually made your two defeats, which were against Hibs and Rangers, if you made them into victories, you would actually be top of the league. Which is quite interesting. I mean, I know that's a whiff, buts and maybes, but it just goes to show that your form against the other seven teams in the league has been excellent. I mean, the other seven teams in the league, out of the, the ten games you've played against them, you've won seven of them and drawn the other three. So it's a really good form against teams you were struggling against last season. So as I say, if you'd um, beaten Rangers and Hibs, you would currently be sitting top of the league. That's got to be positives for you. It does. I mean, we've shown in, in the games so far this season that we we can beat every other team in this league. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we've got a decent structure at the side there. You look even, I mean, the goals we've conceded, we've only we're, we've conceded uh, the third less amount, but um, only Rangers and Hibs are better than us. It's only two goals in that, so defensively we're looking good. Um, and I just look at it, I mean, the two, there's a couple of games that we drew in terms of against Aloha and uh, Morton. Now, you say had you beaten Hibs and Rangers, but they two are, are games for me that I'd have been really looking to win. And then you've got Queen of South at home as well. If you turn those three games into wins, that's another uh, six points you would be further up the table. So and really, Falkirk should have maximum points? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, because I think that the, the, the games against Rangers and Hibs were fair in terms of they'd have been draws in my opinion um, but the, you can add six points in my opinion f- uh, to, to matches that we played against low teams that we've dropped uh, it all looks really well at the moment I mean if we can go and get three points on Saturday um, our ultimate target for each quarter of the season is 15 points we'd have 12 out of the first four games. That leaves you with five games to get your three points, which keeps you well on target for the playoffs. So that's ultimately our aim. We're well on target for that. Um, but I think, you know, we're ready to kind of make the step up. I'll even look further ahead and say the week after Hibs are off on international duty with three players out, that's a big chance to put a bit of pressure on. Um, if we can keep winning, if we can win next week and win the week after, you're at least going to be a point behind them at the very worst um, 
So no, certainly chances that we need to take, and I, I just don't quite think we're out of that race for at least second place. Well, the team above Falkirk at the moment, as you say, is Hibs. They're in second position and they travel to face St Mirren. Uh, St Mirren's side is currently sitting eighth in the league. Two defeats on the bounce. That one last week at the Falkirk Stadium and against Rangers the week before. Um, it's a St Mirren team that are in a bit of a, a crisis uh, at the moment. You would, you would honestly say, if you've been honest about it, do we expect to see... Hibs go there and win Hibs themselves are unbeaten in nine games they've won eight of those um, the only game they didn't win there actually was against St Mirren so I don't know what you think about that game tomorrow I think um, Hibs will go there and they'll win comfortably I think that the the momentum's with them and not that it's a must win but I mean they need to win games like this if they want to keep obviously that run going I know it's an obvious point to make but in terms of they went there they beat Rangers they just beat Dundee United midweek um, they're on a great run of form and that's why I believe that they'll go to New St Martin Park would, and win comfortably. It would be a very Hibs thing to, to do about <laughs> <laughs> it. Would, to it go would. to St Martin Park and, and to lose. <laughs> I agree with I th- you there. I think we can't we can't really write off St Martin. I don't know how they really are in a crisis but they, they were they proved stiff opposition against Rangers. They, they gave them a game I, I felt. Um, Rangers, I mean, obviously they still deserved a win but they got like, it was a narrow win. You know, um, a few weeks back, um, I think the Hibs, as I said, the momentum's all with Hibs, but I, I don't think we can necessarily rule out St Mirren. Just because of that that whole performance against Rangers, I think that they will thrive on that as being, OK, they're, they're huge underdogs for this game. But at the end of the day, I think... Uh, I still expect Hibs to win, but I just personally don't think you can... But, but in some ways, it'll be similar to Rangers, Rangers yeah. game because it will no. be huge. Big crowd as well. Exactly, I know. Yes, I see what you're saying, but I just... I'm like, I've been really impressed with Hibs with what mm-hmm. I've seen on them in the last couple of weeks and it's a point actually Hamish was talking about um, in a podcast the other week there was how fast they break I mean on the counter attack they they're unstoppable you know what I mean the pace in their team's unbelievable and that's why I just can't see I, I can't see them getting beat sat- uh, Saturday and they can't get beat So let's turn our attention now to the St Mirren side of things I'm delighted to say that we're joined by the former St Mirren assistant manager, Mark Spaulding. First of all, Mark, thanks very much for taking time to join us. No, no problem at all. Thanks very much for asking me. No problem. Um, my first question to you, you've you've obviously this week uh, left St Mirren. What are your immediate thoughts on your departure from the club? Obviously, uh, you know, obviously disappointed that things don't work out. Um, you know, exactly how it, was, how it was planned when I went in, but obviously the the club uh, were looking to go in a different direction. You know, that experience of, of bringing somebody else in. Uh, and, you know, that sometimes happens in football. Personal point of view, yeah, I gave it everything I could. And obviously, it, in, in this occasion, it wasn't enough. Did the club give you a reason at all for your departure? Um, I I, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's quite obvious. Uh, or perhaps... Um, some, ex, you know, it was felt that some experience was was required uh, to, uh, you know, to support Ian, and and obviously the, the club uh, have addressed that by bringing Alec in, which uh, you know is a, is a good appointment. Do you have any uh, ill feelings towards anything at the club in the last uh, six months? Any anything you think um, could have gone better? Anything uh, you feel that's. Um, Put you in the position where you've had to leave the club that you feel didn't quite go to plan. No, 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 no. 
are from it, you know, in, in, in terms of all of, of the pitch. positive. Uh, I loved working with the players, and I, and I think that was that would be likewise. You know, certainly from from the players, I think they, they enjoyed the training sessions that we put on and the, the information and, and, and the type of stuff that we were doing. Uh, it's just not necessarily, uh, you know, kind of came off in terms of. Of, of, of winning football games and, and football's a results-driven business and I understand that as much as anybody and, you know, it, it's, it's not been good enough and obviously that's, that has resulted in a change. But, you know, certainly from my point of view, I don't hold any ill feeling to, towards towards uh, anybody at, at all at the club. You know, I, I appreciate the opportunity that they, they gave me, you know, to go and be involved in such a such a huge club like St Mernon was a real honour and, it, you know, it will remain an honour because uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. Like I said, it didn't work out but there's, there's anything but ill feeling and I, and I wish uh, everybody at the club uh, all the best going forward. Mark, you've obviously got um, experience in the Championship with Dumbarton last year and you leave St Mirren with them sitting um, on 10 points, the same as your old club uh, who, who are in the relegation playoff. Do you think that Ian Murray and, and Alex Miller can, can, can steer them out of this and, and take them up towards the, the more top end of the, the table with the playoffs? Oh, definitely, you know, I... I I, you know, working alongside Ian, you know, it, it's it's not been it's not been great in terms of results, but it's not changed my opinion. I, st- I still think Ian's you know one of the one of the best you know up and coming coaches and managers within the country. You know, and 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 he'll get through this time and and he'll become back stronger because that's the type of person that he is. Uh, you know, he's 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 one for making tough decisions. You know, and he's he's as a kid, you know. I, Nothing which which has happened has, has changed my opinion at all, um, and I thoroughly believe that the appointment of Alec and, and and what that can bring, I think it's it's only a matter of time before St. Man start to, especially with the group of players as well. You're forgetting that you know the squads are a, a very very capable squad and a, and a very very strong Championship squad with a you know a good mix of experience and you know like a like a Jamie Langfield and Andy Webster, Stephen Thompson, Jim Goodwin. But also in terms of you know some of the exciting young players like Stevie Marlin, I think probably one of the most exciting players in the country at the moment. So yeah. you know the club, the club's got plenty going for it. Obviously, it's it's, it's not been great yet, but you know, I, I, I firmly believe that even if even if I was if I was still at the club, it would only be a matter of time before we hopefully turned it around as well. So no, I, I've no doubt that come the come the end of the season, hopefully someone will be in the rightful place in the playoffs. You were obviously uh, at Dumbarton last year, who are a part-time club. Um, what was the jump like from part-time to full-time? Uh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was very. You, you're working with the players on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, you're getting more time with the players on the to know more about them as individuals, and you know, I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect. I think you know. Working with players day in day out and seeing them develop and getting to know them more as as as, as people, um, you know, was was something that you know, like I said, I, I really really enjoyed. You know, it was also you know all the other things that come alongside it, um, you know, such as the, like the training. Group. You know, there was there was they've got so much going for them in terms of um, at some man yet. You know, for, for for me it was it was it was ultimately no different. Uh, you know, you're getting to work with the players more, which is, which is obviously a, a real benefit, and you get to know more about them. Uh, but the jump, you know, the, the jump was what it is. You know, it's the, the same league that we're working in. 
uh, you know, we're trying to apply the same kind of principles. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, for myself, you know, we never had enough time to really install them. But, you know, in, t- in, in terms of everything else, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're working with players and you're just, you're just trying to maximise what you do with the players and the time frame you're given. And then hopefully, you know, that's going into the game on the Saturday. Well, where do you envisage yourself going from here? Do you think you want to get back into football coaching as soon as possible, or what's the route you want to take your own career on now that you've left St Mirren? Uh, my, my initial thought is, is, is for me to you know to, to use the St Mirren thing as as a, as, a, as a, um, another stage of my learning. I'm now got you know I'm going to I, I want to get back in as quickly as I can, but I understand that these opportunities are few and far between, and you know I'm going to use my time out of the game wisely. Uh, you know I'm going to arrange to go and and, and visit other clubs. Uh, and, and managers, and gain more of an understanding of uh, you know what other people are doing, and 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 grow grow my knowledge base and my contact base, and uh, you know really look to develop further. Uh, you know, I've I, I believe I've developed so much over the last you know six months being at St. Mern, uh that I, I I want to develop more, and I want to ensure that. Uh, that when I get that opportunity to come back into the game, that I'm coming back in in a in a, in a better position than when I went out of it, uh, you know, and, and and using my time out of the game as best as I can. Thanks very much for your time, Mark, and all the best from all of us here. All the best uh, for yourself for the future. No, no problem. Thanks very much. No worries at all. Mark Spalding, there, former assistant manager at St Mirren. Um, you guys, do you, you see St Mirren capable of getting a result at all on, on Saturday, Matt? Um, I, I don't think they will, but I, th- I just think that they will give Hibs a, a better game than a lot of people are expecting. But I don't, I don't think they'll... I still think Hibs will still get the win. Um, for, for me personally, I think we'll uh, see St Mirren kind of go out there and it'll be a battle. I mean, don't get me wrong, they, they went to the team last week and got beat 3-0. Um... But there was a period at the start of the second half where they were on top. Um, of course, it was the red cars, which they, they won one of them this week. Um, I think what does go in their advantage is the fact that Hibs have played two really high-intensity games uh, in a short space of time. This is going to be their third game in six days. And we're not just talking about uh, run-the-mill league games. These were two massive matches for Hibs, which I've got no doubt they put a lot into. Now, they are, do have this fortunate position where... Um, They've got a big squad and I'll be able to rotate. But though I think personally that, that this could be a game that sparks St Mirren's season. Um, I think everybody gets something out of it at home. Uh, and as you've commented on a, on a big crowd, there's the, the capabilities here that it could be the result that pushes them on. Because the difference is the vast majority of teams don't get results against the likes of Hibs and, and Rangers. If St Mirren were able to get something... It shows that they aren't that team that's sitting eighth just now, and like Mark said, have the capabilities to push further up the league. Because a win, and and they are slowly but surely edging back in touch with the likes of Queen of the South and Morton, uh, having played a game less. 
and, and that's big for them. I think there will be advantages for them to take. Um, there will be gaps for them to exploit at the weekend, but they need to be a lot more solid defensively. The goals they gave away at the weekend were very, very cheap. Um, two headers from the two smallest players in the park had Falkirk doing up at half-time. You can't do that against teams like Hibs and Falkirk and Rangers at the top end of that league because they'll punish you, and that's what happened to them. Um, so I'll be interested to see how they react. There's definitely chances, and there's capabilities there if they can get something. Yeah, really, really interesting looking game tomorrow at St Mirren Park with uh, Hibs obviously needing a victory to keep in touch with Rangers. Five points behind Ibrox side at the moment. They themselves are at home to Alloa tomorrow. Danny Lennon clearly um, lapping it up in the, the press conference today, comparing Alloa's chances at Ibrox tomorrow to David and Goliath. He says... Talking about David here, of course, he only had one shot at target, but he scored and won the game 1-0. So that was Danny Lennon earlier. Does his side have a, a chance at all tomorrow, Callum? No, I don't think so. Um, Simply put. Yeah, honestly, and no disrespect to D- Danny Lennon or Aloha, but um, I just see it. I know we said we weren't going to talk about the whole kind of tax case, but I think oh, we... No, 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 and I'm not going to talk oh, about good, it, good, but good. I'm saying with that being in the media, Rangers have just got to go out there and... Uh, get everybody back talking yeah. about the football at the weekend and yeah. the one comfortably. Yeah, uh, anyone? I don't think anyone even disagrees with that at all. I think they'll be. I think they'll probably be riled from last week. Um, from last week's result, I think that they can go out and they could seriously put put quite a few goals past past Alwa. I wouldn't be surprised if it's five or six. To be honest, anyone want to play Rangers bingo this weekend? I'll go. I'll go six. Actually, I think Rangers will put six past Alwa. Uh, I don't think that'd be a massive shock. What was it, five one in the previous game over uh, in Alloa and I think uh, I think Rangers will will really need that win just to to kind of. I know it sounds silly when they're ahead, but to keep the pressure on Hibs and force Hibs to keep winning. I mean, you look at uh, Rangers' upcoming games and they're they're pretty much all winnable matches. Connor, um, they'll be looking over the next few weeks just to kill off any possible Hibs momentum. Yeah, I think so. Um... You know, it's no. This is no disrespect to Aloha because they're in championship. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I'd have liked it to have been a, a Wraith, a Falkirk, even a Queen of the South that they were playing this weekend. A team that might just put in a challenge against them um, and make things very, very difficult for them. Because coming off the back of that um, defeat to Hibs, I think with one of the better teams in the league they were playing it would have been very very interesting to see how they reacted to it and it would have been a real major test for them um, I've, I do agree that it will be very comfortable for Rangers and I think I'm not going to quite say six I'll say three um, but you know it's all about trying to keep that kind of going I might be wrong so correct me if I am but I don't think Rangers have postponed their game for for next week um, when, when Hibs have against Livingston there's certainly been um, no news of it if they have exactly so that's a, another incentive for them there they can win against Alloa there's chances the week after that they can extend that gap albeit yes Hibs will have a game in hand but I've always said points on the board points over. in the game in hand mm-hmm. um, I don't care what anyone says about that you know that would to me be psychologically mm-hmm. big because as much as that's a massive win perhaps at the weekend even two weeks time looking at the table and they're back to about eight points behind depending what the gap is then with the teams but like Wraith and Falkirk because also they'll be playing when Hibs aren't psychologically can turn things and it can be interesting to see how a team reacts to that um, so no I think Rangers just need to get themselves back on track it's a 
fantastic game for them to have in terms of you look at it from a Rangers point of view because they should go out and win it and it should be a bit of confidence again that they can play with freedom, play with expression and uh, really put their stamp back on it and say, no, you know what, we, we are the team that's, that's leading the pack still, let's remember that uh, and take it into the weekend's action. Yeah, so that's three of the five games we've covered on Saturday in the Championship. It sounds kind of brutal, but that's really your lot because the other two are kind of... They're, oh, dug a hole here, haven't I? I'm going to struggle to get with this one. Uh, basically, the other three games are featuring the top teams in the league. You've got Real, I mean, I know St Marne are down there, but you look at St Marne Hibs, it's a real attractive team, probably two of the bigger teams in the league. You've got Rangers, of course, uh, going strong, and then you've got Wraith against Falkirk, who have been probably the two surprise teams are certainly the best of the rest after Hibs and Rangers after that you've got Morton, Livingston and Queen of the South Dumbarton is there anything that strikes out for you there I mean you look at Livingston great great form they're on really good I mean they've won the last uh, last two games have scored what seven goals in those games and they've been against Wraith Rovers and Queen of the South two really good sides so your, your money would probably be in them to beat Morton tomorrow despite the fact that Morton have also won their last two no, I'd, I'd still have Morton. Would you? Favourites, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh, you just don't like Livingston, do you? I hate Livingston with a passion. Is it, is it Capolo? Nah, nah. Is it Capolo? Ah, yeah. see, that's, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've spoken about Capolo so many times, and I'm not going to quote Connor and saying it's a tough place to go, but we all know the kind of the environment that uh, Morton play in, and, you know, it's, let's say it's a cracking stadium. And, mm. Well, I'm hard going to quote him. It is a yeah. tough place to quote. <laughs> Twice you've quoted him now. I know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've got a feeling for, for Livy tomorrow. Get your hand up in the air, Connor. What is it? I mean, it's just, you, you look at it. A team at Livingston, who we're all saying are so poor and, and, and we're so far down the bottom of the league. You look at the table, they win tomorrow, they go three points behind Morton with a game in hand. Now, that, that to me shows you that we might sit here and say, you know, Morton are safe. Even Queen of South are safe, but we're nowhere near the kind of that unexpectedness you have in League Two. But certainly, it can only really take a couple of results, and teams above can get dragged in, and that's the advantage for St Mirren. They are battling for one playoff place here in, in many ways. They're not even in that battle yet, but because of the way that the teams round about that fifth to kind of eighth place fluctuate and form and and performances, there's there's opportunities to at least get themselves right up there and maybe even put pressure on Wraith and Forth. Um, you know, they are two of the, the... They'll not get as much of the kind of... Um, in many ways, the, the headlines this weekend, because other games, as you say, they've alluded to them, the three big games. But even for likes of Barton going away to Queen of the South, that'll be tough. But then that potentially extends the opportunities for... Livingston um, to push ahead further to the bottom and maybe make that into a kind of not a two-way battle between Morton Queen of the South but a three-way battle before they can start looking further up the table and in terms of the, the final game in the championship guys Queen of the South at home to Dumbarton my money would be on, on Queen's there yeah. despite the fact I mean I think they've only won two of their last ten games Queen of the South and those have come in recent weeks They've after that great start they had to the season They've tailed off big time, but uh, Dumbarton are the exact same, and they have won one game of the last ten. Yeah, I don't. I I, I expect this one to be the Queen's win, quite pretty comfortable here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, if Dumbarton want to start a bit of a revival, this is probably a good place to do it. I'd say because um, Queens have been a wee bit patchy so far, but um, no, I think I, I feel expect Queens to, to get the result here, quite comfortable. Yep, we'll run through League One now. 
just feel free just to, to butt in if you've got anything to add here. Albion Rovers are at home to Cowdenbeath. Cowdenbeath, uh, I think they picked up quite a good result last week, if I'm right in saying so. Uh, they've, they've certainly um, are showing signs that they're, they're showing a wee bit of uh, revival under under friend of the show, Colin Nash. They're sitting eighth in the league. Uh, they drew last week with Dunfermline, which was a, a good result, a really good result, unexpected result. The week before that, they won 3-0 against Renoir. Connor, there's signs of a bit of a revival there, but they're up against one of the, the surprise packages of the SPFL this year in Albion Rovers. They are, and, and that'll be tough for them. Um, you know, Cowdenbeath aren't a team that should be flirting relegation to League 2. Um, I think, you know... Top end of League One, built in the Championship is where they'll they should be moving between, um, and you know it's another difficult test for them. They have shown signs in recent weeks that they can compete. They're unbeaten in three now, um, and it's vital that, that that games like this to take points from. But it will be extremely tough because what Albion Rovers have done is they started off back in League Two and they've built a squad. They've kept it together and they've added. And, and now they're looking like they may be well even be in the battle to get promoted into the Championship next year, which would be sensational for a club of their size. Um, full credit to them, but Cowdenbeath really, they should not be in the position they are. And it's good to, to me for me to see them starting to push towards the top end of that league again. Air United will be big favourites. I think that might be our burst ball big tip tomorrow. Our, our home team, Air United... Are away tomorrow to Brecon, Brecon bottom of the league. They've got uh, ten points from the first twelve games, and uh, you'd you'd fancy uh, Air United top against bottom. There, you'd fancy Air to win that one. Um, well, so we've got Dunfermline home to Peterhead. Dunfermline, wee bit of a setback last week. That draw that we mentioned against Cowdenbeath moved them back into second. Peterhead themselves had a what you'd call a bit of a setback. 3-0 up against Stenhouse Muir, even, if I get it this time. Uh, you would have your money and then winning that. However, of course, they lost 4-3. They might struggle to recover from that one and it will be very difficult against Dunfermline. Probably the toughest team you could face in the league. Dunfermline, bingo, we got a number. No, I'm not. I'm not no, playing. I'm not I playing agree. bingo this week. Dunfermline. No, I think, uh, you're not playing this week. No, well, I, th- I think Dunfermline will win, but I, I, Peterhead are too good a team to go and get. No, I, I, in my opinion, anyway, uh, from what I've ever, from what I've seen of them um, uh, this season, I think um, they've they're not they're not going to concede five anyway. They're not, I don't think they must I, have big troubles in terms of consistency because we saw mm. them that night. Connor they scored five goals at the Falkirk Stadium. I mean, they, playing like that, they could play in the Championship mid-table, but they're sitting seventh in League One. I mean, it's so close though. That league yeah, is really but, tight. Like, but, but but it shows you where that squad is. I mean, you're right. It's, it's consistency. The, the big thing for them is, and I, I don't mean to sound crass, but they, they all played very, very well that night at Falkirk Stadium, but the way they're shown in the league, I do genuinely believe they didn't have a, a striker like Rory McAllister, who got a hat-trick in the first half last week to put them seen up again, they would not be, they would be in real danger in that league. Um, Aye, but you could say that about a lot of teams, I think. If if, if a team's like got got a star man that's going to get them goals, and you can't really you can't really say oh without him they'd be nowhere because then other players would come and step up to it. I think if you don't have John Baird, you'd be relegation fodder. That's <laughs> my opinion. Um, elsewhere in League One, we've got fourth against Airdrieonians and considering where, 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 well, where both teams are. I mean. Um, Airdrie are 17 points, Forfar get 15. Uh, Airdrie, I think they've got a better head-to-head record. Forfar obviously started the season quite well, I think. And uh, But, I mean, they've been, they've been quite 
poor recently in terms of the form. Yeah. Uh, Airdrie's been a lot more patchier, so I think maybe a wee, a wee upset here. I think Airdrie could get a wee result. Ooh. And the final game, Strenraer against Steny. Um, Stenhouse Muir coming off a, a good result last week, as we commented on Callum, and confidence is high. As I test you with your league one knowledge, how do you see that one going there um, down at Lynx Park? Lynx Park? Not Lynx Park, it's Montrose. Park. <laughs> Steer Park. I knew it had something. Park. League one knowledge, he said. Oh, <laughs> I know. No, I don't know. It should be should be a good game anyway, but um, obviously with Steve Aitken not leaving Stranraer, I mean, uh, in the summer, I mean, uh, they haven't quite hit the heights they were hitting last season, am I right in saying? But yeah, they're sitting ninth at the moment. <laughs> But uh, I'd, I'd, I really don't know. I, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly comment on the game, but I don't doubt it should be a good one. I actually think Sunderland will win this. Um, I know they're they're only three points behind, and mm. Stenhouse Muir haven't. I know they I think they bet Brecon uh, recently, uh, who are equally as bad, and you know they bet Cowden Beef as well. So I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly think Sunderland will beat them. I, I don't really rate Stenhouse Muir that much to be honest with you well, you might agree you might disagree with me Connor well I have to stick up for local teams here <laughs> essentially no, I mean Stennis Muir a fantastic signing in, in Jason Scotland uh, that they made last last week he comes in his first game and he gets two goals and he looked very agile he showed great skill actually for one of the goals he beat a couple of men and fired in the top corner that's what Stennis Muir will be missing a proven goal scorer um, Stranraer have got their own kind of Unknown entity, if you like, that have signed this week. Uh, a guy, I think, about for life of me, I can't remember his name. Uh, he played in the Argent, he played in Argentine top flight, um, and the idea basically is that he's going to come here to to Scotland and play with Stranraer and try and make a name for himself. Um, he wants to come over here and prove himself, um, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean. He comes in with a decent kind of calibre. Kind of, I don't remember the boy that signed from for East Fife last year that went to Dundee aye, in the summer. Uh, from he went, he played for Deportivo mm. Cordoba uh, in Spain, um, and it's that sort of signing where a player obviously feels they've not done enough to merit. Not the way it's not I've come across them. I don't know how on earth they have come across them. Um, I'll credit to whoever whoever scouted that one, um, but. He's expected to make his first start, so it could be interesting. I expect to see goals in that one because of that. Um, and you know, there are two teams that often feel they have the potential to go and put a challenge on the playoffs. Um, but it's a, it's a, this thing about consistency that they tend to lack with, lack, lack they have a lack of. Cool. Thanks for that. Uh, I've got the player name, by the way. Oh, do you? Right, here's. It's going to be funny. Right, go for it, Lewis. <laughs> Luciano Nekikau is his name. Uh, How old is he? Guys? He's 23, six foot three inches, and oh. he played for All Boys on a Wimpo and uh, oh. You know your Argentinian football. I do a wee bit. Yeah, I've not been up to date with it as much as previous years, but uh. the reason it caught my attention was because, and just saying about the Nekikau, but. Um, the, the, the Strandar Twitter account were, were, were tweeting hashtag Necky Cow. Necky Cow. And with a wee cow emoji. Curious. And that's what caught my attention. How, how is that spelled? It's really, yeah, I'll, I'll get it here it's actually. Not, it's, it doesn't, this is not Necky Cow. No, right, okay. The way you think it is, it's uh, N E Q U E C A U R. C A U R. Yep. Find him a football manager and see who he is. Here we go. Anyway, so I mean that's that's a reason to go to Steer Park on Saturday, isn't it? I mean that's a 
down the stairs to Stairs Park, no, as we no. always say. No. Uh, that'll be a, that'll be a, a cracker. Certainly, Steny. I mean, value for money last week. Maybe the same again this week. I've I saw Stenhouse Muir play Aaron. We get seven goals, seven last week for them. So you're guaranteed goals if you see that, and you're guaranteed seeing an Argentinian striker as well, which you can't see every week. Uh, League two, we've got Arbroath against East Fife. East Fife uh, going along well this season. They're sitting in third place. A bit of a setback last week with that defeat to Annan. But then again, everyone loses to Annan. Um, we have Berwick Rangers. Berwick Rangers who have appointed a new manager in the last half an hour or so. Uh, tweet from Berwick Rangers. Berwick Rangers are delighted to confirm the appointment of former boss John Coughlin. Good appointment, Connor. Can't say I've, I've heard of him, but... Um, I mean, I know they were talking at Hugh Murray and people like that. Oh, Grant Murray. Grant Murray, even Hugh Murray's playing in the same league. Uh, Grant Murray, but they've gone, they've gone for their, their former boss. They have. Um, I mean, from what was being said online, there was obviously three, three managers were interviewed for it. Obviously, John Cochran's one of them, and Grant Murray, as you as you've said, and I think the other one was the old assistant manager that's managing the juniors. Um, I mean, John cochran has got great experience of the lower leagues in Scotland. He managed with St Mirren. Um, and then he, in recent times he's been manager of Stennis Muir and uh, East Stirling he's had relative success at, at, at both those teams um, and it comes in with a sound knowledge of the game for me I think it was a, a harsh harsh decision to let Colin Cameron go because he let him go with 15 points t- 3 points off a of second place um, but they obviously felt that the expectations that were set at the start of the season have not been met um, and that Despite them sitting eighth in the league, which is lowly, but we talk about league two all the time, you know that it's so so tight that one win would have seen them right up there. Um, it's harsh on Cole and Cameron, but he'll go on and he'll get another coaching job. I think fairly straightforward. Maybe not as a manager, but he's certainly got the capability to be a very good assistant to someone, um, and obviously progress his career to become a manager again. I maybe could imagine him doing that. But Berwick obviously feel they had to make that change, and they've gone for experience and somebody that knows the lower leagues very well. The other three games in League One, we have Clyde at home to Montrose, second place Montrose, believe it or not. Clyde, meanwhile, are sixth, really not playing up to their pre-season favourite tags. A disappointing season so far, out the Scottish Cup as well, of course. East Stirling against Queen's Park. East Stirling, well, they're in their, their natural position of 10th in uh, League Two. Uh, getting a hit from Connor there for, for uh, having a go at his beloved East Stirling, I mean... What can you say about that though? Seven defeats from 11. Uh, they've actually done alright in the last couple of weeks. A draw in the Sterling Derby last week, albeit 0 0, and then a victory over Elgin the week before. But previous to that, they had six defeats, um, one win uh, in their previous nine before that. Uh, and we also have the final game as Elgin against Annan. It's irrelevant who Annan are playing because Annan will win. Um, I mean, they're a hell of a team, five points clear. Elgin probably will be a tough one going to Elgin. Elgin's fourth in the league and they could theoretically make it a gap of three points if they win that one, Elgin, but we think Annan will win again. I think they're going to be a tip patch. I'm going to patch air and go for Annan because every week we never even take Annan. And I mean, their run is incredible. They've won well four of their last five games uh, and for a league that's apparently so close, they're opening up a wee, a wee gap at the top there. It seems like we finish every podcast with Annan. Uh, <laughs> we don't really know what to say. We'll do a bit of research for next week. Um, that really wraps it up. Uh, as always, as I say every week, we'd encourage you to get out to as many games as possible. Um, we've got 
of course, the big one at St Mirren Park tomorrow. Obviously, football at Ibrox as well. We've got, if you're up in the Highlands, you've got plenty to get obsessed about on Sunday and also um, Saturday as well. There's loads of football. I mean, just find a game and go to it because chances are you'll be rewarded for going to a game of football. Thank you to you guys for joining us, Matt, albeit your, your entrance was late. Uh, thank you for, for joining us for uh, today. Lewis Ball Kemp, up. Callum Scott and also Connor Park. Also, thank you to Paul Mitchell earlier on, which seems a lifetime ago now, for joining us. And Mark Spaulding about 20 minutes ago when he spoke about St Mirren. Really good to hear from those two guys as well. Please uh, keep in touch with us on Twitter. We're at BurstBossFitBa. You can also get us on Facebook, the BurstBoss Scottish Football Podcast. Finally, we're looking for writers uh, to write blogs on our website. If you're a, a football fan, you want to write about your team, get your word and your opinion out there, just get in touch. That's um, burstballfootball at hotmail.com. Send us an email or tweet us uh, with your ideas for, for what you could write about and we'll get back in touch with you. So thank you very much all for listening. We'll be back on Monday previewing the weekend's action. Until then, have a good weekend and get out to a game.